Happy Monday, everyone. It is 6 o'clock. It's time for Joke Workshop here on Mutiny Radio. We have a bunch of comedians that are really excited to be here and try out their new material. I even have new material tonight. Things were crazy. Uh, all right. Uh, please remember that you guys are part of the show, so take notes, listen to people's sets. Uh, the more you participate, the better it's going to be for everybody. Uh, otherwise, you know, you know, just, you know, stare at each other or whatever. Uh, but remember, when you feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good. So a nice compliment on the outset, and then uh, you know the meat in the middle, and then a little bit of crispy brioche bun on the bottom, so that everyone feels good and they don't want to kill themselves later tonight because that's what comedy does to your soul. Your first comedian of the night is not crushed yet, and I can't believe it because the world just presses so hard on his darling little head. I would have thought it'd be turned into like orange juice by now, but nay, he's still here. Put your hands together for Jeff D. Muni Radio, how we doing, everybody? Huh? Yeah. Right. Um, she's right, guys. The world crushes me, man, like a diamond. It's tough. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, I found that I'm like really self-conscious about like where I went to school being in San Francisco. Like I meet all these people from like Stanford, Berkeley, and I'm just like, you know, I didn't go there. So like I try to make my story seem like really like rags to riches, you know? Like I really downplay where I came from, you know? So I'll be like, you know, I'm just grateful to be here, you know, with a job, steady income. I, my dad was a dealer, you know, uh, just trying to make ends meet. It was tough. Uh, yeah. One time, uh, we, we, didn't, we, couldn't, we didn't have a place to stay, and my dad, he would take me into this public bathroom, and, and we had to sleep there, but he would trick me into thinking, or, or we were pretending that, you know, it was like dinosaur times, and that, you know, that we had to, we had to hide from all of the dinosaurs that we were in danger, and it was like a fun little game that we played, and then people would call me out, and they'd be like, isn't that a scene directly from The Pursuit of Happiness? And... I'm not very good at it. And they're like, isn't your dad also like, does he, he deals blackjack, doesn't he? Like, um, I'm from Reno, Nevada. Uh, it's really not that bad. Um, but seriously though, my mom was in and out of jail. It was tough. She's a district attorney. Um, always. <sighs> she worked hard, that woman. Um, yeah, I mean, really it wasn't that bad. Like, all my friends had, like, houses in Tahoe. It was great. I have no excuse. Like, I should have gone to Stanford. <laughs> I just smoked a lot of pot. That's all I did. Um, my family, though, a lot of my relatives are from Reno, and they are what you would think about Reno people. They're the worst. Uh, like, uh, we have family reunions, and this last time... This over Thanksgiving, it was family reunion style, and we had like 30 people, and it was, I love family reunions. My favorite part of the family reunion, though, is when you're like, you know, you're driving in the rental car to meet up with the rest of your family, and you're only with your immediate family, right? And you're just shitting on everyone else in your family. That's my favorite part. We're just fucking roasting everyone, you know, my uncles, my aunts, but not like, cute little like, oh, Uncle Steve, he's always talking about money, that guy. It's like, 
Uncle Steve's a pretentious piece of shit. Like, I'm not going to his funeral, which I hope is soon. Am I right, guys? I'm high-fiving my mom, you know? High-fiving my brother. Haven't talked to him in, like, a year. It's great. I've realized if you want to be closer to anyone in your family, just find someone else in your family to be farther away from and just totally shit on them, you know? Just crush them. Uh, it's the best. Um, but I've been crushed lately. Pam was right, guys. <laughs> Let's bring it back to that. Uh, I cried the other day. Um, yeah, I watched this movie. It was heartbreaking. Um, and it felt great, guys. Crying is underrated, I'm telling you. Uh, I've heard that, I've also learned recently, unfortunately, that apparently some women, some women, they cry after orgasming. Did you guys know that? Right, guys? Come on, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, but also, I guess, these same women, sometimes they cry after masturbating too, which is like a huge relief for me, right? You know? Um, I'm actually kind of jealous. Like, talk about two great feelings one after another, back to back. You know? I wish I could do that. I don't know if I'm hydrated enough. I don't know if I have the fluids. Uh -huh. Stick with me, though. I don't think the, the feeling afterwards, I feel like it's basically the same. Completely different, but basically the same after. It's like both ways to deal with not having sex in a long time, you know? Both ways to get to sleep at night. Right, guys? Anyway, that's my time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Yay! Jeffteen, yay! Yay, yay! All right, everybody, those microphones are open for your comments. Um, do that last one. Um, I thought it was very funny. I don't know if people like you kind of glided over it real quick, but it was a it was like a crying while masturbating joke, right? So like when you found out that women sometimes cry after masturbating, you could say something more clear, like it's good to know I'm not alone, or. Like, because you were talking, you were like, you were saying that you feel like, uh, like you, like, because you cry after while masturbating. Is that the joke? No, is, I was trying oh, to say that I wish I could because I enjoy those okay. I never do. Gotcha. Well, you couldn't make it like you, that's like a thing that you do. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but not enough. People, like, people, not, like, crasturbating, <laughs> I think it's called. Uh, and I think. Oh, yeah, crasturbating. I think that's dirty, though. I specifically want to do that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're different. They're different. Do I think this, like, the talking about, like, extended family thing, I think that's, like, uniquely a white family thing. Like, my, like my Asian, like, we, ne we never do that. You don't talk shit about it? Like, literally never. And I wonder if, I wonder if that's a white thing. I don't know. Just a thing to think about. Yeah. It's a white thing. I, I thought it was impressive that you were likable even when you were talking about hating your brother. I, that was funny to me that like you could be so like deprecating on your family but still stay, stay likable. I don't know what that is about you that you can do that, but yeah. Fifteen, everybody. Oh, 
see, the thing is, if you take notes and write things down, then you have things to say to him after. Also, if you're on stage and no one's saying anything, don't sacrifice your time. Ask people questions. You can take your time and interview the audience and make them talk about what you want them to talk about. All right, your next comedian. She runs a monthly show at the Purple Onion. Put your hands together. It's Ginny Hogan. I keep I keep getting these notifications for people marked as safe in the Oakland fire, and it's like people I could not possibly care about. You know, like I just I think Facebook should limit it to only showing you notifications for someone who has like over a thousand Facebook friends. Or like gets more than an average of ten likes per post or something. Like they should just know when you don't give a shit whether or not someone's safe. Also, like I mean, I'm still getting them today, and I'm like, I think I would know if my friends had died by now. You know, I think I would. I'd be on top of that. Um, anyway, that's my rant on Facebook safety features. <laughs> I uh, I think I'm, I'm like I'm about to start having sex with someone new, and I hate the process of like breaking in someone new for sex, you know? Like, it's just very stressful. I, uh, I don't have a lot of confidence sexually, and I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if I learned that I'd been doing it wrong the whole time. Like, if, 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 the, if the next guy I sleep with is like, ooh, you've only had anal sex, actually. Uh, your vagina is untouched, it's the good news. Um, or if it's like, you know, like flossing or if you go too long, like you'll bleed again, <laughs> like your hymen comes back together. Um, I had happened to be with flossing recently and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done flossing. <laughs> um, can't deal with that pain. Uh, I haven't given up on sex yet though, but I think this guy like does want to, you know, he like wants me to be a little bit more sexually adventurous, which I'm not at all. And he was like, all right, let's hear your fantasy. And I'm like, okay, I, well, I think it could be kind of interesting. Like, maybe you lie on your back and, like, you put one foot on your bed and you put one foot, like, behind your head. And I watch television. <laughs> that's kind of what I think would be. That's, like, what I've, uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, what else? Oh, okay. I did once get like a sex injury, but it was like, it wasn't exciting at all because it was during missionary and it was just because my hip flexors were so tight. And I like wanted to be proud of it, you know, but uh, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything adventurous at all. Um, I, uh, but I have started shaving my vagina more regularly and I don't know like what is less feminist. The fact that I'm like, okay, now I need to shave my vagina if I'm gonna have sex with someone. Or the fact that like I look at it and I'm like, this is so ugly. Like it literally looks like a rip in the front of my butt. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just wish that there was some option for covering a vagina that was not pubic hair, you know? Like what if I get like a little silk cover? Like that would be better. Cause pubic hair is pretty ugly too. Um, I, okay, that's not very feminist to me. And it's just the truth. Um, I, uh, and then I met a guy on, okay, so Bumble is a dating app where, uh, the girls have to initiate conversations. They also have to initiate sex. Um, I believe they told me, um, I will initiate sex, but I'm not comfortable at all with physical contact. So I'll do it from like four feet away. Um, and I'll, I would be like, do you want to have sex right now? And then like the guy or the woman would be like, um, maybe should we like get closer? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's like decide on the plan of action before we like, <laughs> take any steps towards each other. I don't like to be that near people. Um, I also, uh, was, I'm gonna go on a date with this guy in Bumble and he was like, I ha okay, he's like an acrobat. Like this is real, he's an acrobat. And he's like, I have an acrobatic show the next day, so I can't drink, 
but we can do anything else. And I was like, okay, yeah, we can do whatever. And then I was like, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I was like, literally, if we're not going to drink, what are we going to do on a first date? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was, I, yeah. Um, I think that sometimes I, like, I hate myself in a way that ruins it for other people hating me. Like, I just don't, people, like, say they hate me. I'm like, you don't fucking know, you know? Or, like, if guys, like, try to ghost me after, like, three dates, I'm like, you should really wait until, like, we've been dating for, like, two months, and then you're gonna feel awesome about ghosting me, you know what I mean? Like, just, just, like, have some patience, uh, and it's gonna be great for you. I'm gonna have, like, at that point, like, direct text your mom and your sister and everyone, and, uh, you're gonna never want to see me again. Okay, thanks guys, I'm done. Ginny Hogan, scaring men away, one at a time. All right, comments from the peoples. Um, you said, I thought it was really funny, you said like, I gotta break them in when you're talking about having sex for the first time. I think you'd be like, or them break me in, am I right? <laughs> uh, you, you, have, oh, you have the whole bit about uh, the... <laughs> Oh, so, I'm sorry, Jeff. Were you not done? I thought you were done. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, now that Jeff has shut the fuck up. Uh, um, no, you just have the bit where you say, like, what have you been doing sex uh, wrong the whole time? And you said, like, and for the guy's point of view, you're like, the good news is, like, you haven't been using your vagina or whatever. Well, I just wonder what's the bad news? Like, like, oh, is it, I mean, it might be kind of graphic, but like the bad news is your butt looks like a wind tunnel or like, yeah, I don't know. That might be a bit too much. And then the, um, the fantasy bit, I think it's a good joke of you just lying there or like watching TV or whatever. But, um, it, you kind of go into like with the position stuff, like the fantasy starts to already kind of get silly with the foot over your head. Saying, so yeah. maybe play, just try playing the fantasy more straight of like yeah, lead, building it up like it's a more real fantasy and then and then right. say, and then I just watch TV. Yeah. I like the bit about the uh, this having something silk to cover up your, your vagina. I was prepared for some other examples of things you could cover it with. Just yeah, throwing there would be more time to Funny, fun little things would be cool. A good set. I'm an amateur, but I thought that was good. Thanks. I liked the uh, I liked the bit about initiating sex from four feet away. I think you should expand on that. That was hilarious. Other comments? Abject silence. Put your hands together for Jenny Hogan. All over your chin everything. I can do you like it, I like it too. All right, moving along to your next comedian. Uh, interrupting cow says moo. Put your hands together for your next comedian, Ian Levy. Back. Hunch butter, hunch butter. Whoa. I ate Vietnamese food the other day. It was pho nominal. <laughs> I don't know, that's just a dumb joke. I um I don't know about you guys, but but uh, I think everyone's doing this comedy thing for a different reason, right? Different, you know. And I go I go to a lot of open mics, right? I go to a lot like my goal is, you know, I have dreams, I have aspirations, and so what I do uh, is I go to a lot of open mics. Uh, and then I try out like jokes and I find which ones work the best and I take those 
and I save them, right? And I, I compile them all together uh, and I use them uh, on Tinder and OkCupid to get dates. Like that's my, that's the end goal here. That's all I'm really, that's why I got in the game. And I, I had a weird experience recently where uh, it doesn't always work so well. Like there was a, there was a woman I was talking to on OkCupid and I messaged her uh, and I, I, tried, I tried that joke, the opening joke. I said, I ate Vietnamese food the other day. It was phenomenal. Uh, and, then she, and then she responded and said, I can't tell you if that's funny or not because I don't understand it. Right? Which seems like it's not that complicated, but okay. So, you know, something may be lost in the text. Like that's, you know, if you're not speaking it. So I explained, I was like, oh, well, it's just, I just combined the word pho uh, and the word phenomenal. Like, you know, that's, that's all the joke was. And then she responded and said, I don't think it's a good idea to have a joke that requires the audience to understand Vietnamese. Now, I don't, I don't know if you guys missed the joke. I, could, I don't know if... I ate Vietnamese food the other day. It was pho-nominal. And I, I don't... Maybe you guys are just laughing because you're all intimately familiar with the language of Vietnamese. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I'm missing here, but <laughs> it's a weird... It's a it's a weird thing. I don't know. I I do um <laughs> the problem I've run into now is I can't help but not make a joke like on these on these dating sites, right? Like I can't even when things are going my way, I have to <laughs> fuck it up myself. Uh like there was this woman who I didn't even start by making a joke, but she had a sweater that said um that said I heart London, right? On the sweater. So I messaged her and I said, "Oh, how long were you in London for?" Uh, and she responded and said, who cares? Which, you know, fair enough, like, <laughs> I guess, you want to get to the point. Uh, and then she responded again and said, uh, I hate small talk, do you want to fuck or not? That's a real, <laughs> a real thing a person said to me. And, and I, you know, that's like the, I guess what everyone's going for on these sites, right? Like that's the, you know, jackpot. But I could have helped, and I, I responded and said, uh, that depends, uh, can we make small talk while we fuck? Like that's, <laughs> for I cannot maintain an erection unless I'm telling someone my middle name. Like that's, uh, she didn't want to see me after that. I thought I, thought I was being funny, I don't know. It's tough, it's tough. I think I'm, a, I think I'm lonely, I think I'm lonely. It's true. It's, that wasn't that wasn't the joke part. Thanks for laughing at that. <laughs> oh, I'm so no. I I think I'm I'm lonely and I don't know what I have to. You know, I don't want that much out of a you know I out of a relationship. I just I just want someone you know to like hold my hand and watch like subtitled movies with me. Like is that that you know just hold my hand, watch subtitled movies, and have big old titties. Just big old, big old. Real, real big, <laughs> just, just big old, you know, just big. We're talking like double P's, <laughs> big old, <laughs> like unhealthy, like back problems, like <laughs> big old. I don't know. It doesn't work. I was trying to go for sweet and then mean, but okay, that's my time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Levy, everyone. Ian Levy. Yeah. Uh, 
I thought that you started getting some momentum when you said like having the small talk thing and then having sex and wanting to say your middle name. And I would have a whole list of those because you can even throw them out once you're talking about the lonely stuff. You can be like, I'm lonely and I just want this. And then also to, you have these weird like, and I also want to tell her, like think of weird, like the middle name is really funny because it's weird and intimate. And, yeah. But make a list of them because in that lonely stuff you can throw out. Because I just want to tell someone that I, you know, got, I like two pumps of hazelnut in my yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, okay. Or, yeah, just like other you can, small talk things. Right, you can portion it out though. Where I studied abroad and stuff like that. Right. I, A does list it, of weird things though. Yeah. Does it, um, I don't know if it works to do, because the, the, the final joke thing is like, it's I'm trying to sound sweet and nice and then really I'm horrible because it's all about big tits. Does that work or not really? Because it's like a tonal thing. I mean, you, didn't, you didn't do great, but that can work great. <laughs> okay, I'll... I'll you, you have to butt them up closer to where it's like real sweet and then like real the, the quick uh, turn, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. think I think that that's a good that's a good point. If you think you're so smart, Zach Wise, why don't well, let's see you do it then? No, I'm t- what, comedy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But okay, no, that's 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 good advice. Um, I like the inclusion of uh, back pain in the description of the size of the titties. I think <laughs> that was real nice. Um, that's because I, I added that because I'm a feminist. So that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's nice. Like has to buy specialty bras. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. um, then, then we know you're an ally again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing is the small talk during sex could be a good opportunity for some fun acts out. Like just, you know, everyone loves to mime fucking. Uh, on stage and you can do that and be like do you uh, like this cool weather we've been having I love <laughs> yeah yeah I know that's good that's, yeah everyone does love mime fucking but I love fucking mimes comedy okay fewer finger guns that's that's how you know you know a joke is over of mine not because people are laughing but because I'm doing finger guns that's that's where the joke ends. It's like the period of my joke. I love your uh, don't care attitude, and you kept pushing the big titties, and I thought maybe right at the end you just say, you know, and subtitles to kind of loop back to something that was so, somewhat normal. Okay. Because that was pretty fun. Because you didn't give a shit. You just kept pushing the titties. I thought that was hilarious. You bring it home with funny stuff. All right. How long have you gone without wordplay or puns in your comedy? How long have I gone without yeah, wordplay? Yeah, have you done that ever? No yeah, wordplay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just checking. Just so, do you think I should go back to no wordplay or puns? See, I think, I think uh, you rely on it too much. Okay, that's. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I like I like the wordplay and pun stuff, but I, I think that's that's fair. I, but my like my actual, I think I've been doing it more recently because I have, you know. A, yeah, a, if you're if you're doing that right now, don't let me stop you. Yeah, you know I mean? but just like, crushing my dreams, man. <laughs> no, no, no hey, worries. I, I, th- I think you're right. I think I have been doing a lot of it recently, so. Okay, just checking, you know. Right. Just be conscious of everything. That's good. Ian Lever, everyone! Uh, yeah. Yay, Ian Levy! Yay, Ian Levy. Last Friday, I learned a lot about your next comedian that he and I have pasts that are very similar yet. He left his behind, and I continue on, forging, staying on the wagon. Put your hands together for Matthew Banks. Tucky the talking bear, he's suffering. What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on? I was sitting on that bench out there, and I saw this girl. She had, like, 
some really, really nice hands. <laughs> and like her nails, good lord. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, it's about that time in my life. I gotta make some changes. I've been really stressed out and like, you know, I gave up reading. I'm fucking, I'm fucking done with it. I just, I've never liked it. It's something in my life. I mean, I've gone 31 years. It's just terrible. I can't stand it, you know? It makes me suicidal. <laughs> and uh, my parents are educators and always push it on me. And uh, I don't know, my buddy called me the other day. He's wanting to kill himself. He's on the bridge. I was like, put the book down, bro. <laughs> That's clearly your problem. You know, I've never thought of a situation in my life where I thought it would be useful. Like a real situation where, you know, like you kill somebody and you're like, fuck, if I'd only read The Outsiders, I wouldn't know what to do right now. You know, stuff that matters. But uh, I've been cheated all my life. Like, I was, par I was uh, partially molested. I never came. You know, it was, I just, uh, all my life, you know, nothing's worked out. Therapy, all that bullshit. And I don't get the whole new age therapy thing, this self-love nonsense. Like, the more I love myself, the fatter I get, you know? The fatter I fucking get and, like, fucking jerking off all day and, uh, you know, fucking maxed out my credit card by 8 o'clock at night. Like, that's self-love to me. Like, I need to be hard on myself. Like, come on, you fat fuck. Get to the gym. You know, that's the only thing that works for me. I don't get this mushy bullshit. You know, like PC stuff going on these days, and I, it was a huge culture shock for me moving here. And I just, I'm like, how does that even work? This PC stuff, like you got the most PC place on earth, but the most sexually liberal place on earth. Like, what do you do when you're like doing BDSM? Like, uh, how would you like me to spank your ass, you purpose-driven woman? <laughs> do you have dignity with that fist up your ass? I don't, I don't know. You know, so my uh, my first relationship was, you know, I was like 19 years old. It's that kind of relationship where if you'd asked her today, she'd have been like, we weren't even in a relationship. <laughs> like, it was that sort of thing, you know? It was horrendous. It was like, I was the most obsessive person I could imagine, you know? Like, I grew up in a, like, really good home. Like, my parents were good to me, and, and like, I thought I was going to be, like, this gentleman, you know, and, like... A super good guy and oh my god the first time she doesn't text you back it's fucking horrendous <laughs> you know you call her 32 times what the fuck are you up to you know it doesn't work pushes them away I thought they would like that so what else do I have oh yeah I've been like trying to save money lately um, and it doesn't work my first thought when I want to save money is like let me get the most expensive book I can think of to <laughs> try to learn how to save money like that's exactly where my head goes it's like the exact opposite of what needs to happen you know um what else do i have do i have one more thing let's see sorry guys um yeah it seems like every girl i go out with lately has something like really tragic happen before like the day before we go out on a date like one woman like flew all the way across the country to come see me and, like, she just found out that her mom had been diagnosed with cancer. And I'm like, why the fuck did you come see me? Like, be home with your mom. Why are you making me miserable, too? <laughs> like, I didn't want to be involved in this. Jesus Christ. 
That's the way to end, guys. Thanks. Matthew Banks. If you clap hard enough, maybe he will grow a heart. Uh, just kidding. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed your set very much. I have to remember the thing I was going to say, and it was so poignant and perfect, and it was this good idea. Someone else say something. God, I got to remember what it was. It, it fell out of my head. God damn it. Right. Uh, yeah, just the, the two things I would say is I, I really like the, the hands joke, but you might just want to drag it out a little bit more of just like she has really, really nice hands, you know, like just to, and then um, the, the joke where you're talking about being like, like progressive, um, but PC, the, the first line is works really well where you say um, uh, like you're like spanking a strong independent woman or something. But the second line about the fist up the ass, you, you sounded more sarcastic, which I think that it just works better if you're, um, if you're like the, you know, if you're more genuine, like you, you know, my fist might be up your ass, but you are, you know, a career woman or you know what I mean? Like, so I, I just think that the line, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just throwing it out, but it's funny. It's like, it, it totally works, but I think it just works better if it's all from a genuine point of view, but it's, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was a really good set. Thanks. So that's perfect, thanks guys. Yeah. Matthew Banks, I'm a big jerk because I really did have something to say and I didn't write it down because somebody took my pencil. And uh, so screw them. I, uh, thank you, Zach Wiseman. Next time I will be better. I will, re- I will remember what it was next time I see your set because it, it was something I had like, it was something, it was, it was a compliment sandwich. It was this and then it was like really helpful, but I'm sorry. Please, everyone learn from me. Write notes. I'll be taking notes from here on out, everybody. Your next comedian. Uh, hey, he's, he's earlier on the list than usual. He's our favorite CrossFitter. Put your hands together for Jesse Warren. Scoop and pop. Bathtub. Explosions. Watch Tim Conway. Rig for shortness. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, the only Asian person here, I guess. So I'm Asian. Sometimes I wish I looked more Asian. It'd be easy for me to start over that way. I think the Asian Witness Protection Program, they just, like, give you a couple new T-shirts and tell you to get out. Like, they're like, all right, your name's Jin Yang. Your new name's Yang Jin. Here's a cardigan. Get out of here, little rascal. Asian people look the same. But I think like what people don't talk about a lot is like, I think half Asian people look even more the same as other half Asian people. That's what I am, I'm half Asian. And I've once in my life been, there's been somebody who's been racist towards me specifically for being half Asian. And what he said to me was, all you fucking mudbloods look the same. He used a cartoon insult to insult me. That's crazy. Who you can't use a cartoon insult to insult a person in real life? Fucking muggle. <laughs> I don't. I was trying to figure out a non-Harry Potter cartoon insult. If you have one, let me know. Yeah, muggle, my blood. Um, I uh, I left my Facebook open, and my friends changed my Facebook status from in a relationship with Megan Stavig to it's complicated with butt stuff. Which is really annoying because I'm Facebook friends with my boss. I don't want him thinking I'm indecisive. I know exactly where I stand on butt stuff. I'm a huge fan. Whatever. Nobody, nobody here likes butt stuff. Okay, so like nobody's iffy on butt stuff, right? You either like really love it or you haven't tried it yet. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, yeah. So to get back at him for that, I, I didn't make a silly Facebook hack. I took like 30 minutes and I wrote out a really extensive Facebook status for him where like, I admit that I'm like moving to a new city and I'm leaving my job behind and all my friends and I'm really apologetic. And he got like, just like comments and comments like, dude, what are you talking? You never told me, but I wish you like good luck and stuff. And he was really mad at me for that. Um, I don't know if there's a joke there. Yeah, so that's how you get back at somebody on Facebook. I was watching The Bachelorette yesterday because I don't have a job and I have too much time to kill. So I was watching The Bachelorette. And uh, okay, so what the, the question they always ask each of the guys is like, so why are you here? Why are you really here? And everybody has the same answer. It's always, I'm ready to find love, which I think it's like, yeah, that's cool, man. But like, the impulse is so weird. Like if you're looking to find love, their first impulse is like, well, first things first, I need to mail in an application to a reality television show. And if accepted, I need to quit my job so that I can narrow my dating pool down to one. Like that's not, that's not the best way to find love, man. I just, it's just irrational. It's not logical. A bunch of illogical f- motherfuckers on that show. And then they'll like start talking about uh, they'll be like, yeah, like, I think, you know, I've been th- through a lot in my life. I think I'm finally ready to settle down, find my wife, maybe start a family. And all I'm thinking is like, bro, you're 24 years old. You can't, you can't say you want to start a family and be wearing a puka shell necklace. Like, pick a side, motherfucker. <laughs> so ridiculous, man. I applied. I applied for this show. I applied, <laughs> I applied to be on The Bachelorette. I was filling out the form last night. I was legit doing this. And the first thing they ask you is for your name. And the second thing they ask you is nickname and origin of nickname. <laughs> like, who's going to put some shit? And then, like, what's... Like, are they really going to turn you down because of the origin of your nickname? Like, my nickname is... Fuck, I should have thought of an example for this joke. Like, my nickname is, uh, no, we'll figure that out together. All right, I'm done. Yeah. Jesse Warren, the bachelor of the future. All right. I thought that you asked for non-Harry Potter insults, so you can always do a Smurfy Smurfing. Or what's, uh, what's Smurfy Smurf? What's that from? Smurfs. The Smurfs, they always say Smurf. They always say Smurfy or Smurfing to do other words. It's a specifically oh. Smurfalicious. Oh, cool. You just put any word and you just make it Smurfy. So you could, I mean, maybe go watch <laughs> one on the YouTube or something. Yeah, it's super silly, but you asked for another non-Harry yeah, yeah. Potter Thank insult you. and you could call him a Smurfing Smurfer. Nice. Uh, or if you just called someone Inspector Gadget, that's kind of like a slur on its own because he was an idiot. <laughs> you just be like, all right, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> That's like a cartoon slur. Cool. They say shoobies and rocket power. Shoobies. Yeah, that's that's funny. I don't uh, know how many people butts, get that reference. That uh, that probably won't. Yeah. But, you know, all the cool kids will. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, your boss's thing, yeah. hijacking, you hijacked his Facebook page, right, and said he was moving to a different country. Yeah. Um, I think either you could go with no one responding and then him realizing that no one actually likes him and then him killing himself or something. That's a bit extreme, uh, obviously. Or you could wrap it back around to butt stuff. I feel like there's a callback there Mm. and then you'd be Mm. like, see, you know, 
the only thing that's complicated is my job search. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> cool. um, yeah, otherwise, good stuff. All right, thanks. I like the uh, the bachelorette. Uh, the the real payoff was the uh, to be for narrowed my search down to a party of one. Yeah. So maybe get to that punchline for quitting my job and then everything between that. That was really funny. Cool. Puka cool. shell was your best joke. That was a great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I'm back. Uh, yeah. Another comment about yeah. So that was a a, a good observation about narrowing it down to one. But mm. I think you're missing the the bigger thing, which is uh, against forty other people. Yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. what? The like odds that's, just why like, is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Four yeah, other yeah, D bags exactly. in a house where we're gonna live together for six months and eliminate each other one by yeah, one, yeah. like some horny Hunger Games. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. horny Hunger Games, dude. I I like that. Oh, I like that a lot, dude. That's that's awesome. Cool. And obviously, you need to come up with three nicknames. Oh yeah, like I you have to come we're up with like, and they, they can be anything. It could be like, I mean, Sparky's too easy. Something weird, you know, like. Or like something like mild, something normal, but then some like ridiculous reason for. Well, they would. You know what they would call you? They would something about your your fake earrings that they're supposed to be like. Nobody plugs. knows this, Pam. I know, they, but someone once they find out, they're my regular, naked, but they're not gauged. Okay. They're, they're not. They're not gauged, right? So yeah. he's like cheating, <laughs> um, but looking cool at the same time. But you could, I mean, but be vulnerable. Come yeah. up with some weird nicknames. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe the decision makers at the Bachelorette going over your origin story to make sure it's not cool, cool enough. Yeah, yeah. And then you cry in her lap. You're like, they made fun of me on Joan Workshop about my earring. I'm really triggered. Cool. Love your, love your butt stuff, man. Thanks, uh, Thanks man. For origin story, maybe yeah. something like an embarrassing YouTube video or like, a, like one of those world star videos, like an embarrassing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. moment, like a racist tweet or like sex charges. I don't know. Cool. You know, some good sex charges. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Great segment. All right. Awesome. All right. Put your hands together, everybody. Jesse Warren. All right. Moving right along here on the Joke Workshop. Keep being... Uh, vigilant, paying attention to people's sets. You're in for a treat. Your next comedian is Sabrina Miller. And now for something completely different. (laughs) Whole different style. Um, We live in a very individualistic culture. What if I don't get that job? What if I lose my apartment and I end up homeless? Uh, What if no one laughs at my jokes? What if um, I get a red-hot poker shoved up my ass like every day for the next 1,000 years because I uh, cheated on that test in college and plagiarized the, uh, the paper? Yeah, it's always me, 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 me. But what about all the demons just slaving away in hell down there? Who, does anyone give a shit about them? No. Think about it. Like all of that uh, disemboweling and drawing and quartering and playing the selfie song over and over again, like day in and day out, has got to take a toll, especially on their emotional health. I mean, what are the working conditions like down there? Is, like, uh, is the demon-to-human ratio like as bad as the uh, uh, teacher-to-student ratio in an inner-city school? If so, like, poor demons. Like, maybe it's time for them to turn the tables on Satan, you know, rise up. And, uh... <laughs> Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Um, don't tell that to the Norma Ray of demonesses. 
uh, during one of her underground labor meetings. She might uh, take objection to that. It's like, hey demons, uh, it's like, are you tired of being shorted on overtime pay? Are you fed up with having to pay for hell insurance out of your own pocket every month? Are you, don't you think it's past time that uh, IT employees shouldn't be the only ones that are allowed to live on the decent side of the river sticks? Demons are like, yeah, fuck yeah. Well, that was kind of my dude voice, that was weird. And she's like, then join me now, and uh, let's rise up and show Satan that we'll be damned if we're gonna let him recreate Walmart on hell. <laughs> it's like, make hell great, make hell great. Come on, everybody, make hell great. All right, we can do this thing. Um, let's see, next joke. I had it, I had it before. Um, right, um, if there's one thing I've learned during my like 30 plus years on this planet, is like the more you know, the deeper you sink into the abyss of ennui. I miss being stupid, I, I really do. I bet my parents do too, it made their jobs way easier. And uh, Sabrina, remember, if, if you want presents this year, you have to be a good girl for Santa. Yay, presents! <laughs> What's the other thing? And remember the line they gave you, like when two people love each other, you know, they, they get together and they make a baby. And I was like, mommy, it's like, um, you know, why are they just like, I was like, uh, don't Mr. and Mrs. Claus love each other? She's like, yeah, honey. Then why are, are there just elves at the North Pole? And she's, she's like, oh, just, you're giving mommy a headache. Go outside with your sister and play. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> when we want to sip a margarita. No. Oh, what a tangled web mothers weave when they want to sip a margarita in peace. That's for sure. Remember being excited for career day? It's like, you can be anything you want when you grow up. Wow, look at me now. I'm 37 doing um, open mic at a joke workshop. <laughs> so I guess Santa died twice for me. You know, I think he dies twice for everybody, um, especially if you've been, well, three times if you get divorced. Um, diamonds are forever, for less than 50% of you. Uh, well, that's my time. Uh, Sabrina Miller, back to Pam Benjamin. Sabrina Miller! Comments, everyone. Comments, time for comments. Comments on the wild frontier. I have a comment, but it's about a joke you didn't do just because I've been thinking about this joke because I figured out how to fix this joke that you usually open with, but you haven't. Okay, so this is how I would do it. I wrote it down while you were doing it because this is you usually do the thing about the jobs and stuff. So I was going to say, I thought I figured it out. When I was young, all the little boys wanted to be an astronaut, a policeman, a fireman, and all I wanted to be was a female comedian. And then after that, take a break. Or a female astronaut, female policeman, female. Is that a career, female? Oh, the, yeah. I so that was, yeah. <laughs> I, because I've been perseverating on that joke that you do, and I'm like, it's a really funny, like, the concept has always been there, and I was like, it's working, it's like almost there, it's almost there, and then I like, I figured out the language, so I wanted to rewrite your joke for you, sorry. <laughs> better, better late than never. So. <laughs> Take it back! <laughs> Can, but, I, can I give you my thumb drive, by the way? Just Yeah, well, no, these are on the internet. You can download it after and just listen to it and the, the whole thing. Uh, but hey, other comments for Sabrina Merritt. Miller. 
I like <clears throat> I like the idea you were talking about our parents being allowed to be stupid. I was expecting or thinking that you would start talking about how there's so much information now for parents that they have no excuse for being shitty parents. But back then, they were allowed to be stupid and drunk and smoking cigarettes because they didn't have Google. But uh, that would. Oh, oh right. Yeah, I was just like talking about. I was talking about like me being stupid. I yeah, guess yeah, being exactly. stupid. I guess I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't okay. clarify that one bit like the way I wanted to. So. Uh, I think you get uh, caught up in trying to nail like what you've written before, and I think that trips you up as far as flow. Like there was a moment there where you said something kind of incorrectly, and you stopped. You went back. He said it again, but it was to no real avail. Um, and I think that's one of those things where you might just want to like, I mean, it'll come with time, right? You'll loosen up, you know, on stage right. and stuff. Uh, but I think you should try and get to the substance of the joke rather than nail the joke precisely word for word, um, you know, in order to get the concept across first. Uh, and then you work on the wording later. Um, I think uh, also you should maybe try to avoid SAT words like ennui. I don't know if that'll play with a bunch of dumb comics. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like so you know, I don't want to be like you know harsher, you know, because uh, you're clearly an educated person. You know, but like numb it down a little bit. is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, also, I agree with the, like I heard you uh, say that it was uh, think about the all the minions of hell, and then you were trying to get out disembowel. And I'm sure uh, you have plenty of other thoughts of hell that you would have said more fluidly if you weren't trying to say that word. You know what I mean? I mean, what happens in hell, guys? Everybody has something, right? You probably have two or three. You probably had two or three on your brain you could just rattled out, but you just got caught on that word. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right, like in a baby pool filled with mustard or, or doing a handstand in a, you know, uh, the short end of bile. <laughs> like, you know, like what are gross things that could happen in hell? You could have a good time with like how disgusting hell could be, right? Oh. <laughs> like, like, you know, the repurposing human intestines for blood sausage. <laughs> yeah, something a little less expected, more imaginative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torture. Just rattle off all the things that happened in hell, and then you'll come up with new ones. And then they'll be way funnier. Okay. All right, Sabrina Miller, everyone, clap, yay! <laughs> All right, your next comedian has a show every Thursday here at Mutiny Radio called Ask a Divorcee. It's from 8 to 10. Put your hands together right now for Annette Mullaney. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this comedy isn't actually my first foray into the entertainment business. Um, I do have some uh, TV credits from earlier in my life. Yes, I see your look of, uh, of amusement and interest. So... Um, uh, you might know me from a little show called Yom Mumtir Akhir. Anyone a fan? Yom Mumtir Akhir? It was maybe the third most popular soap opera in Syria circa 2009. Anyone? Anyone watch it? Um, yeah, I did have a speaking role in uh, Yom Mumtir Akhir. It only lasted for one episode, and sadly, it wasn't uh, an important enough role to get a title. Like, I didn't have a name. Uh, but it was a loose foreign woman a role that was quite a stretch for me, uh, living in Syria at the time. I had to muster all of my acting abilities. Um, in the role, I'm in a bar, and I make eyes with a dude, and then we dance. It turns out, actually, that this was a stretch of my acting abilities, because as soon as the camera turned on me, I lost the ability to make eyes. I just kind of stared wide-eyed, tried to not look at the camera. 
Although if I, if I actually think about my uh, game in bars, that's a pretty accurate assessment of how I usually do. Um, the last time I tried to hit on a dude at a bar, I walked up to a dude who was rocking like a Channing Tatum type look, and I told him, hey, you know, you look a lot like Channing Tatum, and I would Channing take it. Yeah, that didn't go well, <laughs> did not go well. Luckily, in this scripted television drama in which I played foreign loose woman, it did go well. Uh, mostly because I didn't speak in that scene. So we dance. Cut to the next scene. We're sitting in his apartment. I'm on his couch, drinking wine, showing off my whore calves. He's on the phone with his girlfriend, saying, like, making plans, saying, I love you. Yalla, habibi, bye. He gets off the phone. He comes over. We start chatting. Uh, that, that's the entirety of my scene. Um, talks a little bit on the couch, drinking fake wine. I know you're wondering, does his girlfriend find out? Of course she does. She comes over later. She starts looking in the couch cushion, pulls out an American flag. Who has been here? Is it a foreign whore? I'm kidding. <laughs> she didn't pull out an American flag, but one of her friends saw us at the club. Um, but uh, there were two cool things about doing this. Number one, well, there are a couple cool things. I got paid uh, like half of the average monthly Syrian wage for this one job. Um, I also, the dude I was starring opposite, Basim Khayat, the heartthrob of Syria at the time. Everyone, so I was on an, uh, a young adult woman's soccer team. All of them were incredibly jealous of me. I was the star of the team that day, which was not like any other day because I actually suck at soccer and they only let me on it because I was foreign. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, I didn't see the appeal of Basim Khayat until about a year later. He was in a... Uh, a different soap opera based on poems written by the Emir of Abu Dhabi, because that's the kind of shit you can do when you're a, a leader that doesn't get elected. You can just be like, I've written a bunch of poems, make a TV show about them. And let me tell you, in street clothes, that man, you know, didn't warrant a second look, but he could rock a fucking dish dash. Jesus Christ. That's when I developed my thing for dudes with eyeliner, wearing ogles. Um, the other thing that was fun is I got this job because a lot of my friends were dancers, and so they would show up and be the extras in bar scenes of Syrian soap operas, and I'd tag along. Um, but this was like, it was fun being the hot girl on set, because I got two offers to be a mistress just that day. Um, so you know, it's one of those things, sometimes you look back at roads you could have taken, and I could have been the second producer of a Syrian soap opera's mistress if I had played my cards right, apparently. Um, that is about all I wanted to say. Thank you. Annette Mullaney, everybody! I'll start out with this first. I was so into your story about being a Syrian soap opera star that I didn't even look at the clock, and when I finally looked down, I was like, oh shit, 3.16. The time went so quickly that I didn't even, I was like, oh fuck, I forgot to honk her. Cause I didn't even, like, you messed with my whole sense of time cause I was really into your story. Thank you. Is it even jokes though? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was entertaining as fuck. Like I was so into it that I didn't look at my clock. And usually like, like if things, if I'm bored, I look at it at like 1.10, 1.30 sometimes on people. Do you know what I mean? But it was 3.16 when I glanced down to see where we were in time. So that, but I think that, who cares if people are laughing or not? I was fucking engaged. Cool. Yeah, very engaging. Okay. I agree. Um, I think... Talk at, in the microphone, fucker. I think, I think at, uh, you're like a second producer, uh, you should downplay the role more. You okay. Know what I mean? Assistant, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make it 
as <laughs> as less flattering as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed the story too, and your accents for it, and everything like that. Everyone, I think, was totally captivated. Uh, this may be because I'm stupid, but I don't know what dish dash or ogles are. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm stupid. I'm, I got to work on that, but like just the the galabea, the long dress yeah. that dudes wear in the uh, in the Gulf. Yeah. I'll try to figure out how to describe that. Thanks. Yeah, you'll have to like make the comedic equivalent of. Uh, parentheses to be like here's the story and you're like a dish dash obviously a, like the parentheticals within the story I don't know how you can make that oh, work okay. but but the names were great using when you're speaking normally and then you use a strange name that's totally <laughs> Syrian but you say it with yeah. just great aplomb that's perfect all that works so well okay I think uh you could mention, you could kind of give context about Syria a little more, because <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, there's some shit going on right there. Uh, I and disagree, no context. Yeah, okay, no context, never mind, so, fuck that idea. Okay, uh, moving on, okay. <laughs> like I should start out with, by the way, there's a terrible war. Now back to my No, story. just like, I didn't even know they had soap operas in Syria. I thought it was all just rubble and or scary shit. You could <laughs> even start it with, before the terrible war, Syria used to have... Arts and education yeah. and, Crazy, and entertainment. They used to have used to real have <laughs> wacky stuff like entertainment. Yeah, um, you could also. Uh, uh, oh shit! Yeah, I like the. Uh, I mean, you were wondering if there were jokes in there. I think there were. They're scattered in there. I really like the one where you pulled out the American flag from, the, or the lady pulled out the American flag. It was like, what kind of American <laughs> bitch was here? Um, I feel like the American flag might be too on the nose. I think you could do something more American, like you just pull out a cheeseburger or something. Mm. I don't know what it is, but you get a lot of, a lot of room. Like they pull out like a woman's rights handbook. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I don't know. You get yeah, driver's license with your face on it. It's like, who? The, what kind of woman is driving? You know, something like that. I feel like there's a lot of room to play with that, but otherwise, good shit. Thank you. Annette Mulaney, yay, yay, and then yay. All right, get your hands ready to clap for your next comedian. Slap them in a wild, happy-like fashion for Jared Choate. San Francisco, how are we doing? Woo. I, uh, I just took a leak. I assure you that's water, though, just so the kid's looking. It's not twinkle, just so you know. Yeah, San Francisco, I hope we're doing well, man. I hope we're doing better. Uh, after that election, man, this place was not looking the same. This place, people's heads were down. It was looking a little bit like San Francisco for a while there, wasn't it? People walking around looking like uh, the Marquis de Sade's least favorite concubine, you know, the one he saves the really good rapes for. This place was not looking the same, and uh, I guess it's no wonder this place, such a bastion of cultural diversity, it's no surprise they're not too happy about the, uh, the fascist uh, Cheeto Hitler with the, the Twitter addiction, having his hand on the button, you know. He's got one hand on the nuclear codes, one hand on the Twitter. He's bound to mix the two up at some point. He's going to tweet the codes, or he's going he's gonna push to the, push the, the wrong button and fucking just, uh, just nuke somebody, man. So hopefully, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too much into politics. You know, I only shop at Banana Democracy, so we'll switch it up. Uh, but we lost the battle, but we're winning the war. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I mean Prop 60. We did vote no on Prop 60. We know what I'm talking about here. We are keeping condoms off penises and pornography in California. We're fighting the good fight, people. We voted to keep the C's off the P's. That legislation said to ensure the safety 
of pornographic performers. And California looked at that. We saw health, safety. We love that. Condoms on penises. We don't. We don't like that shit. No, we don't care. Fuck your health and safety. Keep those C's off those P's. So, and the world's gonna be thanking us for us. The world should be on their knees, S and R P's with no C's right now because you want the pornography coming out of Los Angeles. Uh, the people down there have all the best eating disorders. All the best implants are in Los Angeles. Once they start mandating condoms, what's going to happen? Maybe Nebraska starts incentivizing pornography. Maybe the sex industry moves to Omaha. You don't want to know what the Omaha sex industry is up to. I've seen it, man. You ever seen a guy shuck a corn husk with his own penis? It's not pretty. It's a, it's a little pretty. It's a little pretty. But I don't judge, man. I was in a dominatrix club recently, and I heard someone say, I started as a bottom. Now I'm here. And I thought, that's very encouraging. I had a lot of respect for their journey. Oh, just a bit of advice. If you're not playing the Family Feud theme song in the background, then it's not really foreplay, people. You know what I'm talking about. Speaking of porn, San Francisco, this place is expensive. It's so expensive. I watch porn just to admire the square footage of the apartments at this point. Look at them. Look at them moving around, just exploring the space. Is that a walk-in closet? Get in there. Get in there. Dig it out. Dig it out, man. Oh, I, uh, it, I'd be hard-pressed to pick my favorite Sex in the City character, but if I had to pick, I'd say the one that uh, leaped from rooftop to rooftop. You know, Sarah Jessica Parkour. You know the one, right? Oh. Uh, I know I have kind of a Keanu Reeves with a thyroid issue. Uh, uh, I'm a cultural melting pot, really, my genome, but I have a distinct air of white motherfuckerness. I'm aware of this. Uh, but people, there's a stereotype going around that white people have to like pumpkin spice, and I don't really care for it. I don't really care for that stereotype. You know, correlation does not equal Caucasian, okay? It's not the same thing, all right? Uh, someone the other day came up and asked me how my day was. I said, good. I said, how was yours? They said, YOLO. I said, no, no. Are we still saying this? No. And they said, yeah. And I said, we got to stop. And they maintained it's something that's uh, it's all right. And I said, no. Not to sound prejudiced, not to sound presumptuous, but people that think YOLO will still be cool in 15 years are probably too young to remember the Cowabunga market crash of 1992. It was a very rough time in this nation's history, lest we forget, okay? Okay? Uh, this last joke is maybe my stupidest, but also uh, maybe my, why well, it's my favorite. So if you'll bear with me, I'm really going to feel myself. I'm going to Kanye out on this one. I'm going to do it twice real quick. On the second one, I, I'm going to lay the groundwork. I want you to go out with me on the second one, if you don't, if you don't mind, okay? So uh, I checked into a hotel recently. The manager said, uh, help yourself to some confidential breakfast. I said, don't you mean continental breakfast? And she said, shh. All right, so we're going to do this one more time. I want you to come with me with a all right, all right. Let's keep some energy going, all right? So anyway, anyway, you guys. So the other day I checked into a hotel and the manager said, help yourself with some confidential breakfast. I said, don't you mean continental breakfast? And she said, shh. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks. Jason Chung. All right. You stay up there. You stay up there. People have comments and stuff. Last time it was Halloween, there was no after because it was so busy on Halloween. Right. Well, that was a Friday, so it's a different show. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, so, Cowabunga, that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Bart? Was that both of them? I think so, right? It I, was I, very I, prevalent. I, early it was, 90s. it was in 92. And that was, 
you might need more context than just you might need to use the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and Bart's from the Simpsons reference to make so? the cowabunga because I don't know if it still has without reference it kind of floats has it faded the cowabunga into the ether kind of you, is that? it Bart did you yeah and he's still popular but yeah, I fear going the whole like millennial playing up to too much nostalgia thing, you know? That's why I'm just like, I can talk Ninja Turtles all day. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And I didn't but understand the Sarah Jessica parkour joke. I didn't understand it. You know it. what parkour is? I don't know. I don't it's know when what the that people is. like do the jumping from like fire escapes. It's like extreme jumping. It's just people who are really bored and jump around stuff. Huh. I've, do I, you guys I, know what I'm talking about, parkour? Okay, thanks. I, di- I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. It's like the opening of the Bond movies is always people jumping around buildings. It's called parkour. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, other comments? Fully understand. Uh, I don't know, maybe you could, with the dominatrix joke, uh, maybe work on making the Drake reference like a little bit more, I, I mean, just make, make this a Drake reference or right. so it's like, wow, it's like Drake transcended on a more cultures than you thought originally or something. Uh, <laughs> there you like, go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Something, something silly. I thought, uh, yeah. Broad was, appeal. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's fine. Cool. Thanks, man. I think uh, on your first joke, you talk about Trump. And now this is probably not going to be that helpful because it's kind of old at this point. It's right. like we can probably move on to some new material. But if you want to fuck around with it, fuck around with it. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, your concept of him having one hand on the Twitter thing, one hand on the codes... Uh, maybe you could relate it to like how many times have you tried to change the channel but change the volume instead. Right. Like how many times have you tried to pause a song but you skipped it instead. Like right. now imagine that but you're a drunk baboon. Like it's gonna be it's gonna go off the rails at some point. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just thought for you. Meant to send a dick pic to like a 17 year old uh, anorexic model and we bombed Syria by accident. Yeah. You know? There you go. Specific. Cool. That's good. Cool. Thank you. All right, hands together, everybody, for Jason Cho, Jared Cho. Sorry, the next comedian, he has a J name, too, so I looked at both of them at the same time. Your next comedian, he has another J name. I don't think, uh, maybe he's been here once before, but you guys are going to love him just the same. Put your hands together for Jason Cole. Thank you. This is my first time performing. I came here once. Um, I know what you're thinking. I, I get this a lot. You're like, great, another underwear model thinks he's funny. Um, somebody mentioned underwear. Uh, they're sending Amber Alerts to our cell phones. Have you guys got an Amber Alert? It's like, shouldn't we have to opt in? Like, I didn't opt in. And here's another question I have for you. Mutiny is, um, do data rates apply? Because I have a really horrible plan. I'm like, I'm all for public safety, but I can't, I can't have overages. And they, uh, they're kind of noisy when they come in. It's like a fax machine. It's like, burr, 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 burr. It's like, what is going on? It's like, I'm trying to upload a picture of my ex-Benedict uh, to my Facebook, you know? And they're very presumptuous, too, these Amber Alerts. Like, we're all going to get up for brunt from brunch because you can't keep track of your children? I mean, come on. I don't want to be insensitive, but okay, fine. Look, if they walk by the cafe, sure, I'll make a mental note. You know, check in on Monday on the search. They're draining the lake. Maybe they find them. I don't have to get involved. But of course, you know, uh, what if, if I'm in my car? Sure, fine. I'm in my car. I get an Amber Alert text. Okay, that makes sense. You know, I'd like to be the hero, right? I want to be the hero. Maybe I'm on the news shaking hands with the mayor. You know, I could plug my stand-up career. Maybe I can inquire about a reward. And, you know, find the kid in the dumpster, whatever, you know, re- reunite him with the parents. Sure, that's, you know, win-win. Call it what it is. Um, 
So actually, uh, I did get one of these for real in my car while I was on the freeway, and I said, perfect, this is absolute good use for it. And uh, uh, I'm driving on the freeway, and I look, and it's like, boop, 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 and I scroll up, and it's like, you get the license plate number, right? And then you get the vehicle description, uh, which, by the way, almost seems to be like a Honda Civic, right? Like, this is the vehicle of choice. This is the Uber for pedophiles. So I have the, uh, I have the Honda Civic. I have the license plate. And you ever do this? You scroll up, and you, they say who, you, who they think might have taken it. <laughs> it, the kid, whatever. Uh, and you're like, uh, and if, when they say it's like a family friend or something, you kind of just lose interest. You're like, ah, it's, you could just chalk it up to it, like a scheduling snafu. Like, maybe the boyfriend was in jail the weekend before, and he gets out, and he thinks that weekend doesn't count. So maybe it's his weekend to take kids that aren't his. Maybe it was an uncle. Surprising, uh, you know, Johnny on the way home from school for his birthday takes him to Chuck E. Cheese or his basement. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, the, pro the thing is, I'm not here to run your errands. You know, is this like Amber Alert or whatever Task Rabbit? But um, you really want to get my attention? Is send me the the Amber Alert, which is the stranger abduction, right? The good old fashioned like 1978 Laurel Canyon kidnapping. You know, yeah. Send me the description of that ice cream truck or the 1979 van with the mags and like the. Uh, uh, the unicorn airbrush on the side. Yeah, these are the people we need to look out for as a society because they are uh, dangerous people and they're typically armed with the best drugs. I mean, seriously, those guys have the best drugs. So if somebody was mentioning win-win earlier. It really is. You get a new hookup for your drugs. Uh, you pull the kids out of the bin on the way out. And it's win-win. Thank you very much. Jason Cole, everyone. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, Pam. I, I've, been, I've been stalking you on Facebook. It's nice to see you. Oh, how fun. Stalking. Um, regardless of what you were saying, you were so comfortable on stage. You sound great. You've obviously been on stage before. You've obviously worked with microphones before. So I don't know what your background is other than comedy, but you're so comfortable on stage that you already have like, you're two steps ahead of the first time to do comedy. Cause Thank you, you. You know how to use a microphone and you know how to face the audience and be engaging. Um, I wasn't listening, unfortunately, I, I wasn't listening to your material that much, but I was like, but your persona and how you were presenting yourself was great for a first timer. Thank you. Yeah. I'm 30 days in the business, but I'm a semi-professional failed comedian or musician for oh, okay. a couple of decades. So, so you know how to use microphones. Talking shit yeah. on the mic between songs is. is yeah. Fun. Thank you very much. Um, I like the uh, I like the Uber for pedophiles line. I thought that was funny. And if I don't know if you want to maybe add on it with uh, I was just thinking Uber for pedophiles or otherwise known as Uber for Uber drivers. Like just because <laughs> otherwise known as Uber. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like that. That's a great that's a great one. I appreciate that. I like that. That's done. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't really have any tags or nothing, but I think uh, you could slow it down yeah. just a little bit. You're kind of racing through it. I think that's kind of why Pam and I had a little trouble like keeping track sure. of what, where you're going. Um, but otherwise, good stuff, man. I have to learn, because uh, in practice there's no laughs, and a lot of times when I do that bit, there are no laughs, so you have to be prepared for laughs, which is a good, it's a good problem to have. Well, it's just a matter of being really present. You know, so you know you know your script, and right there you were, you were performing and not engaging. Yeah. You were just running your lines. And it's kind of, right? it, it can kind of go over four minutes, so I was kind of... Well, you only did like two minutes and 12 seconds, honestly. You were, yeah. It was super short. You, you probably thought it was four minutes, but you just, because you just weren't pausing to feel or breathe or it was like <laughs> that's what she said yeah but it was like it was a it was a polished performance which is why you know but that's the hard thing with comedy is that you've got to get to that point where yeah. you know your script but you pretend that it's the first time you've said it and the audience thinks it's the first time you said it even though it's the hundredth time you said it, it. it's it a like weird it. weird thing yeah i appreciate that thank you very much y'all Yay! Jay Cole! What a great first time. 
All right. Uh, your next comedian is my favorite dirtbag. Put your hands together for Zach Wiseman. Hey, fuck yeah. I've been drinking all day because I can't afford food. Woo! <laughs> I found beers on the floor. I drank them. Uh, booze is a great appetite suppressant as long as you don't drink too many beers. You go from like, oh man, my tummy, my tummy doesn't hurt right now, to like, man, I want to eat 5,000 pizzas. <laughs> it's, it's a dangerous game. Just don't drink too much. Um, I'm on board with like, uh, like technology and shit, you know what I mean? But like, I think people don't think it out. All right, like, okay, just check this out. People are like, exoskeletons, that would be amazing. I could lift 10,000 pounds. But we also already have Viagra, and you're just developing a thing that will make your grandparents destroy you. You know what I mean? They're like, look, I know everything already. I have raging boners. The only thing stopping me is people can beat me up. They're going to put some Google glasses uh, on your significant other, and then one of your grandparents is going to beat you up, look cool, and, uh, and then fuck your significant other. So, hey. Good luck, technology. I think that, uh, like, if you knew exactly what your greatest talent was, right? You knew what it was. I would say you should pursue your second best talent. You know what I mean? Because, like, if, if, you're, if you're the best engineer in the world, we'll say ever. You're the best engineer ever, uh, but also you can sing. You can either be an engineer singing... Uh, making up CAD documents, or you could be the singer that invents shit. You know, one of those way cooler. That's all I'm saying. That's a good premise. So, uh, uh, you guys want, want to know how to do comedy? All right, okay. Everybody in this room, they're dumb. Don't listen to them. Everybody in this room is probably a pretty smart person, right? Uh, and that's why you're all laughing, you idiot. Uh, it's because everybody's pretty smart, except for Greg Gettle. He's dumb. Uh, everybody's really smart. So, like, when people explain things to people, they'll be like, hey, here's the thing. And then people are like, huh? And they're like, why aren't they laughing? It's because they're dumb. <laughs> they don't get it. So you need, like, you need, like uh, long pauses. People emphasize, uh, you just sit in the moment, and they go, Oh, yeah. Or uh, good it's likes. Good it's likes are very crucial to comedy. You explain an idea to somebody. You're like, uh, okay, uh, say in the future, uh, uh, robots do all the labor. And they, we build them, and they have no sentience, and they do all the labor. Uh, then, then what will people do? They'd be like, uh, well, the poor people would die. Or <laughs> fucking whatever. You're like, it's like... It's like how your cousin Ron is not good at anything, but you still feed him. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like, you know? <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's fine. You know what, comments? He's too good. He's too good for comments. He doesn't give a fuck. No, I just, uh, just want to say that uh, when he said it was a good premise, uh, he was right. Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, since Zach doesn't want any comments, I'll take this time to say a few things. One, it's not too late to apply for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2017, March 1st through 5th. You can now pay $10. It's the late registration fee instead of 5 uh, online until the 16th. So if you have not applied for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 25 shows in five days, you should do it. You should do it. Everyone should apply to the festival because it's going to be rad. It's the second annual. It was rad last year. Number two, if anyone wants to give me a ride to the residence after this, I'd sure take it. If anyone's going to the residence after this, boy, I'd like to get catch a ride with you so I don't have to take public transit all the way over to Church Street. Number three, I have butterscotch pot fudge, two for $5, super delicious. If you bought enough of them, then I could take a cab over to the residence and no one would have to bother with me. All right, we're going to keep going down this list. Your next comedian didn't tell me he wanted to be here, but he is, and that's good because I know who he is and I'm excited to hear his new jokes. Clap wildly for Cole Chapman. <laughs> Like that music, we like don't you? That was now? What's sexy happening? music, What's just, right? What? <laughs> go out back and just I want to get someone pregnant right now. Jesus Christ, David, you down? You fertile? I, I didn't mention Pam in this. Don't involve her. I'm asking if you're fertile. Ugh. Tough crowd, am I right, man? Okay. Um, I uh, went and got a. Uh, I did it. I finally got that weed card. It's a it's a great thirty dollar expenditure, thirty minute trip. Uh, the problem is when I got there, uh, the uh, uh, the doctor I guess uh, did something fucked up, and she gave me actual medical advice. Uh, she was like, "Go see a doctor," and I was like, "Aren't you a doctor?" She was like, "What gave you that impression? <laughs> was it the weed pun in the title of our business, or was it the carpets in every room?" <laughs> it's like, I don't know. She was like, well, your blood pressure is high. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, how old is your dad? I was like, 70. She's like, it's high for him. I was like, oh, fuck. Give me some weed. I got to calm down. I gave her my money. She gave me the weed. I spent a week freaking out. And then I went and saw the uh, real doctor. Uh, and he was like, you're fine. I was like, what? What do you mean? He was like, who'd you see? who told you to, who told you need to go see a doctor? I was like, oh, this like weed doctor. He was like, what gave you the impression that she had any kind of idea that... <laughs> Like, she's not a real doctor, dude. Why would you listen to this woman? She, you paid her money and she gave you an access to free weed. Why does this somehow make her an authority on medicine? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. He's like, was it like the collarless dog running in between different rooms or the fact that everyone working there besides her was like a 20-year-old girl? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know. Yeah, right, you know the one. <laughs> Probably. Hey, guys. Yeah, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't really hear what you said, but I agree. I agree nonetheless. Uh, yeah, that was, that was weird. And he was like, besides, like, if that was like a real, he's like, <laughs> you can't act like that's a real doctor's office. Like, what doctor's office gives you coupons to go get more medicine the first time you show up to go be a, buy your medicine? You know what I mean? It was like that, and here's a couple more fucking pills for you. No, it's just like, I don't know. Weed, it's weird. Um, so that was fun. What else? What else do I gotta? Oh yeah, and as a result, uh, I finally learned, you know, holidays were around, and now I'm carrying uh, pretty much all the time, which is a great feeling. I went home, 
And uh, my brother, who's five years older than me, and I uh, had the experience that we should have had in high school when we got high together for the first time in our parents' bathroom. Yeah, this shit was lit. Uh, <laughs> but the problem is it was like his first time getting too high. You know, you've gotten too high before where you like stare in the mirror and you just splash water into your mouth for like 30 straight minutes and people are like, dude, you all right? And you're just like, I can't all right now. Like that, that's kind of what happened with him. Uh, and I had to coach him through it, which was weird as his younger brother. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, normally you're a teenager when this happens and you got nothing to worry about, but you're 30 and you're living at home, so buckle up. It's going to get crazy. <laughs> you might want to sit down for this, crack a beer, stiff drink, because this is going to be a rough introspective journey for you. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, you, you know, you went all right. Better than this joke, but you know, what can you do? Thank you. Uh, 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 I got other stuff. Oh. Here's a weird memory. Um, speaking of my brother, uh, his name is Harry, right? Uh, I was uh, thinking about first time I got a haircut on my own. I went to this place. I was 12 years old uh, to this barber in Sausalito. I walk in. The barber's cutting my hair. And you know they make casual conversation halfway through. He goes, hey, uh, you know Harry? I was like, oh, my God, you're my brother. Yeah, I know Harry. Uh, and he pulls out a picture, and he goes, no, Harry pussy. And he puts a picture of a naked woman in front of me, and I'm like, I'm 12. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Just cut my hair, sir. I don't know why you're doing this. Uh, that's my time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Cool! Chapman! Nervous about pussy in all contexts. Wow. Yeah! That guy really just showed you a picture of a hairy pussy? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of... It was, it was savage. <laughs> How was that? Was that a cool pussy? No, it was very hairy. He was not lying. It Fair was enough. disgusting. Into the mic, please. Uh, did the pussy need a haircut? Okay, I just wanted that to be for, for posterity. The second one, I, I, this could be stupid. Uh, but you said you got your brother, like, brother, how you could say like your older brother, and then at the end of the joke, you'd be like, by older brother, I mean dad. <laughs> I like the concept that your brother was going through what he sh- you should have gone through with him when he was baked, when he was t- should have been a teenager, maybe throw in he was 30 so throw in some uh, pop culture reference from, from 12 years ago like don't listen to this band where it would be Pink Floyd for an older person like, like alright here's what you don't do like oh like giving them tips on like, how to here's what here's, the, here's what we should have talked about 12 years ago when you're too high don't do this maybe a pop culture reference I, yeah, all right, all right, all right. I like that barber joke maybe at the end like why are you showing me this are you are you asking me to join the Cub Scouts or something like that thank uh, you sure that's how he recruits new barbers. Yeah, yeah. I would, like, oh my God, I hate hair. I would make a long list, because you only said one of them about the doctor and how you knew it wasn't a real medical facility, and you said there's carpets in every room, which is hilarious, because if it was a real doctor's thing, you can't get blood on carpets, impossible to clean. You could you could go even far. You just make a whole list, like, like the paper on the tables is actually rolling papers, mm-hmm. or... You know, like things I had a Bob that are. Marley playlist that it didn't say. It was right. Exclusively you, playing Bob Marley. It was like, first off, music in a doctor's office is kind of fucked up. Right. And then yeah. you're like, the playlist was so weird. It was all Bob Marley and, you know, other examples. Pink Black Floyd. Or, posters. Yeah. Yeah. Black, yeah some, <laughs> but just make a huge long list and then. Because it could be it could be very ridiculous and funny. And you'll find three that are. Because that one works really well, but I think that multiples would work right there. Sure. Carpet is the best punchline, though, for sure. That should oh, end with carpet. Yeah, the, um, oh, no, and then uh, kind of a different direction to take it when you're, like, talking to your brother and say, like, oh, we should have done this when we were younger. It's like, yeah, because when we were younger, I could have told you that everything was going to be fine, and now we <laughs> <Yeah>. live now, <laughs> and everything's horrible. horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Clap wildly for Cole Chapman. All right, your next comedian runs an open mic on Tuesdays and Sundays at OMG. Clap your hands wildly right now for Greg Gettle. All right, guys, my name is Greg Gettle. I do run an OMG mic on Tuesdays and Sundays. Uh, no, I don't do that. It's Joe Gorman and, jo- and uh, John Gallagher. Uh, my name is Greg, though. Uh, kind of a fun week. Last week, I, I, I quit my job <laughs> as, a, as a bus tour guide. I quit. I hated it. I, I, I woke up every... like I, A lot of people hate their jobs, but like I've never hated like my job before. And, and I feel like if you're, if you're single and you have no kids... There should be no reason why you hate waking up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. It's stupid, you know? And the way I quit, uh, so on Wednesday, I had to fill in for somebody at work. And I came, I was like, yeah, I can fill in. But the the last shift, I can't because I have to actually uh, do a show. And they said, no worries, come on in. So I had to be at the show at 7 o'clock. And my my the last tour went to seven thirty and like and I go I show up and I'm like yeah I, I can't do that last tour and he's like well you're need we need you till seven thirty so you can tell your show that you're not gonna make it and I said that's funny I'm gonna use that tonight <laughs> <laughs> and he was like kind of confused and then I took it was around six thirty uh, we got to Union Square and I had about forty minutes left on my tour. And I just walked off the bus, <laughs> and I just walked to the bar, and there were still people on the bus, and they're like, Greg, where are you going? I'm like, have a good one. I just walked away to the bar, and I felt really good about myself. The show didn't go that well, but I did. I felt good about myself. And then uh, the next day, I didn't uh, get a text message from my boss or anything saying, like, you shouldn't have done that. So I, I went into work because <laughs> uh, I needed the hours. You know what I mean? I think like, I could probably do... Another the weekend, and I showed up to work on Thursday, and they had no idea that I walked off the bus. <laughs> I know, right? And then I quit again because I was like, I don't want to be a part of a company <laughs> that doesn't know when its employees are getting off the bus. Like, <laughs> you got to turn things around here. I should be fired, and so I, I quit twice, which is hysterical. And I almost had to quit a third time. They kept calling me, like, are you showing up on the weekend? I'm like, I'm not. It, the relationship is over, you know? Like, very, very clingy. It is weird, too, because when you work a full-time job, you're like, work, you work like eight hours, and they're like, so we're hanging out tomorrow, too, right? And you're like, Jesus. We just started hanging out. Uh, give, me, give me a couple days. Um, what do I want to end with? Um... I don't know. Um, let's do this. Um, so, was anyone has anyone been molested in the crowd? <laughs> Plot twist. Um, yes. Molested as a child? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's funny. Uh, you can honk it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, like, I got I I feel like like I feel kind of selfish and I feel bad because me getting molested as a kid never really affected my life. Uh, because I got molested by older women uh, when I was young, so like, I just had like a couple times where they like they jerked me off and I came and I was like that was it, which just made me sexually active at a younger age. So like in eighth grade, I was the first kid to have sex in, in school, which just got me a lot of high fives. They're like, great job, Greg, you're coming to my birthday party. 
and it's weird. So like, and so I just got really cool, and I started having sex. So like, like being molested has only been beneficial. <laughs> in my life, which is bad, because when you're on a first date, the girl's like, I was molested. You're like, oh my God, me too. And then we get the check. Um, all right, guys, my name's Greg. Thank you so much, everybody. Greg Gettle, everyone, hooray. Are you gonna go back to Segway? For a little bit, and I might sell honey. Uh, oh, sell honey. <laughs> like- in the Mason, or in the Ferry Building. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Awesome. Apiaries. That's great. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I'm happy again. <laughs> the bus joke was was great, but the whole time I couldn't stop thinking, like, what happened to the bus and the people? Like, did someone drive it away? Like, there's. Some- I mean, I wasn't the driver. I was just the tour guide. So the guy just drove him and probably announced the stops and didn't have a lot of history. Oh, so I'm just an idiot and I missed that. Okay, damn it. Okay. Well, so both of us missed it. Maybe. Yeah. No, he didn't specify that there's a driver and a tour guide. Like he's not the driver of the bus. He maybe wasn't like he didn't pull the bus over and just get off the bus and leave everybody on it. Although that'd be pretty badass. Fuck that. I would not let the truth get in the way of a good joke and just say you were that because I was expecting you to say uh, just to make something up before you walked off the tr- the, the, the uh, sorry the bus and said, ladies and gentlemen, if you look to your left here, we've set up something special like a parade's gonna come and then just walking the fuck off. I thought that would be great. And if you look straight ahead, this is a guy quitting his job. Yeah, yeah. if you look right ahead, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, man you, running for his freedom. If you guys want to follow me to this you, comedy kids. show, you're yeah. welcome to do it. It's. And I love your last line. Maybe if you said, oh, you were molested too. High five to the chick. That would be a cool call back to your high-fiving but okay oh, other hey. things you, and i'm not sure why i haven't heard this before but the thing you're like yeah and i get invited to a lot of birthday parties you're like i'm not sure why it's like they're trying to have me fuck in front of them or something i just never thought about that i'll like, do it it's weird <laughs> he's been boning get yeah. him to this party he's the Teach only one ways i think it was more he's the only one who knew what to do with seven minutes in heaven in the closet all the other ones are like where do i put my finger i put it in her ear he's like no it's did it, old Greg show you? <laughs> Diddler. Jesus. All right. Uh, thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Greg Gettle. All right. We have two comedians left. You guys are going to enjoy next the comedy. He's still a Segway uh, tour guide. You're gonna love him right now. It's John Gallagher. There. Uh, yeah, um, I, uh, was thinking about being a kid and talking about not the molesting stuff, uh, but just regular kid stuff. I just like how when you're a kid, you start playing with other kids. One of the first things they introduce you to is uh, the idea of cooties, which I think is funny when you go to interact with other kids. The very first idea or very first thing you learn is that every child of the other sex has a disease, which is like a crazy thing to get introduced to. It's like you're playing. The only way to get rid of your disease on you is to rub it on the other person or to give them a shot. It's like cooties were just like child herpes. You know what I mean? Just like everybody else has it but you. (laughs) And as soon as you give it to somebody else, you don't have it anymore. At least that's how I tell myself how herpes works, right? Isn't that how? Uh, Okay. Um, The other thing too, I, uh, I'm a big music person. I like. Uh, I always pride myself on being like uh, into good music. And so, one of the things that's really annoying is if you are one of those people, you're finding yourself introducing music to a lot of people. And I don't like it when people do it to me, even though I know I do it to a lot of people. So, if you want to get out of it, I found the perfect way to do it. If you find somebody's going like, "Hey, man, check out this record. It's awesome." The way you stop them from talking immediately is you say something like, "As soon as the music's going, you go, yeah." Oh yeah, it's awesome. You go, is this the new Godsmack album? This is uh, this this this, this fucking rules, man. This, God, this is just like Godsmack. And they're like, oh, Yola Tango will never be the same now. Fuck, it's just 
That's how you stop that. Nip it in the bud. Um, <clears throat> I live in the mission. I pay $300 a month to live in the mission. Uh, yeah, it's cheap. But basically, when you do that, you sign a contract that just says that anything is okay to happen to you. That's all that me- that, that means. Like, if I wake up tomorrow and my, my landlord, who's just like a meth addict, is just in the corner of my room just masturbating, like, I just wake up and I go, huh, and I go like, oh, yeah, $300 a month, and I just go back to sleep because I'm not paying $500. i am not going to get crazy, you know what I mean? you got to pay big money to make sure that guy's not in there jerking off in your face. Um, well, the other thing, too... So I want to go through a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, oh, I'm getting listen, I'm getting fat, which is cool. Uh, yeah, it's winter. You got to hibernate. Get that hibernating nutrition. But it's, I got to worry about getting to dressing better because it's okay to be fat. But I feel like you just have to dress okay when you're fat. If you're skinny, you can dress like shit. Getting fatter, you want to dress better because you can't just go around like. Or at least I found that I wear too many clothing with just mystery stains, and then just nobody, even friends, say anything. It's like, yeah, you're fat and gross. You're coming on yourself or dropping food. Like everybody, you're just a disgusting person. <laughs> That's all it means. The other one too is I wanted. To, I'm gonna bring. This is an older. This is an older thing. I should all do this one. I have a. I had a friend uh, who got a tattoo. And he's asking me to judge his tattoo, and I was like, he's like, hey, what do you think? I was like, it's uh, it's on your face, <laughs> and it's a bad tattoo if it's on your face. Even if you could get a tattoo that says "not a bad tattoo" across your forehead, that's a bad tattoo. It's, uh, it says very explicitly it's not. He had a 2D image on his face of like a little stag that was like a little 2D drawing, and he's fat. Like you can't give a 2D image fat rolls. Like you know what I mean? You can't have your Tattoo be fat now. That's not good. It's a bad tattoo. I know, right? Isn't that, isn't that sad? Uh, the other thing, too, is I had a, so I do work as a tour guide, but I feel like my, my boundaries, uh, I, I've, I don't have boundaries anymore, and I found that out because I told a man a while ago who was from the East Coast, I ended up on accident telling him that he, if anybody that was on in the New York City during uh, 9-11 is going to get lung cancer, and then he told me, uh, I was one of the first people to go back to work in New York City. And I was like, well, Cuba has a cure for lung cancer. So, hey, uh, I just want to drop these cool Reddit truth bombs on you. But he's like, I, mean, I just have to imagine he goes back to New York City and just be like, yeah, I went on the weirdest Segway tour. This guy told me I was going to die of lung cancer. And I was like, you know, you're welcome. Uh, I'm done. Bye. John Gallagher! Yay! Uh, God damn it, it happened again. I had something to say. No, 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 go ahead. I'll remember what I'm supposed uh, to say. I like the uh, landlord paying $300, anything goes situation. Oh, oh thank you. Um, I think uh, when you wake up and the landlord's masturbating in the corner, you can be like, what the hell, man? And he'll just go, $300! And you're like, you're right, fine. And you just go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> like, anything goes. That's all I had. Just, uh, oh, thanks, man. I, maybe the the three hundred thing, the three hundred dollars, could be like a rule of three things. I give multiple examples. Okay. Like, cause I th- I still think the whole uh, him telling us that he like punches punches mom in the face before. Oh right, fuck it. That that could be one, and then maybe we could brainstorm the third one. But I just feel like that could be a rule of three. How ridiculous it is in our apartment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, our landlord did does smoke crystal meth and talk about <laughs> punching his mom in the face. I forgot is, about that. Is is he the one with the face tattoo? Uh, no, no, no. It was actually. <laughs> 
That's that joke's actually about Sean Lamar. Oh wow, he got a face tattoo. <laughs> he has a face tattoo. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, so the uh, tattoo thing is great, especially if you can bring in other examples. Like, um, it was a very popular tattoo in the '80s for women to get a, a rose on their breast, and then. Like over time, it turns into a long stem rose. But there's like lots of examples of like bad places to put tattoos. Okay. You know, we're like, you know, like sometimes on your arm, especially for women, if you put it around like your arm and then you get old, you have the bye bye arms and it's all saggy and oh, gross. Yeah. And like, you know, like someone could have a, barb, a barbed wire thing and then it turns into like. I don't know something no one wants to escape a prison from. Fence. Yeah, a chain link fence. <laughs> it goes from like yeah, barbed wire to a chain link fence. Yeah, that's funny. But that, I feel like you could um, really make fun of the tattoo things. But but you don't have any, right? Uh you know, I, I'm, yeah, I should get some. I'm no, no, scared. you shouldn't. You're an unusual. That makes you a gem in this weird place that you don't. And that's how you can. That gives you the. That gives you the carte blanche to make fun of people with that's stupid true. tattoos because you're like. I've made, I might've made bad choices, but I've made, I, I made good choices. I don't have any tattoos of, you know. Oh, my scars are on the inside. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's hilarious. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yay! Hey, All right. Looks like we're going to end early, which is exciting, but we have one last comedian. So give him the same attention that you've been giving everyone all night long and slap those meat paws together for David Klein. Halftime, 8 o'clock. I want a John, Al- a John Gallagher tattoo on my body of John Gallagher. Um, is it, it's weird when you watch a movie and there's a good actor and like just a shitty film being shitty. And I think there should be an award where you like take away their Oscar if they used to have won one. You know, like, and the Oscar goes from Robert De Niro for his role as Marciano. It's a talking slice of pizza again in something, something, something. Um, I, I'm confused about a, as a white guy, you know, white like appropriating black culture, like it's part of white culture, but I don't get it. Like, like what word? I don't know what words I can say. Like, can I call a girl thick? Um, like, I know this setup is fire, but um, like, hold up. Like, I, I don't know what I can and can't say, and it's weird. Like, and I haven't figured it out yet. Nor do I have a tag or punchline for it. Um, it's confusing if we teach kids about the birds and the bees. Um, because like it's way too real just like bees like there's a queen and when she's seven she gets gang banged by about 10 or 12 bees and the first bee fucks her and then she rips his dick off and his stomach falls out and the next bee goes to fuck her well the other dick's in there and this bee has to rip the old dick off and then fuck the queen so his dick can fall off and so on and so forth um so there's that. Something's a buzz with that joke. Bzow. Uh, I think the term sex offender is too weak of a term. It's too weak of a euphemism. Like, like a sex offender is someone who farts during anal. Like a sex, it's not somebody who, who rapes a child and it's not cool. Like there are people like Dennis Hastert, politicians that have gotten away with it and they don't get the, the, the moniker, like the terrible term they need. Uh, so, anyway, like, but then people go to like Training, they go to like therapy, like sex offenders, and I, and I don't know what that school is like or that therapy. I'm just guessing it's just like a lot of old white dudes just dancing their hearts out, just fucking dancing. And there's this one like super gay, multi-ethnic teacher, and it's like yes, yes. And then the best dancer becomes a millionaire, and the rest die. Um, I think that's how it works. Uh, <laughs> anyone here a Game of Thrones fan? 
Anyone think the writing is good? Sure. There are three dragons in Game of Thrones. There are three dragons, and one of them is named Drogon. Okay, that's how fucking stupid it is. Okay, that's how stupid the writing is. It's so bad. There are five books, 800 pages each. It's like 4,000 pages. If they took away the feasts and the drippings of the meats into the bread and the butter, it'd be like it'd be like half a book. It'd be like 30 pages. There's some hot chick and she can fuck dragons or something at the end. Um, I don't believe in ghosts, which is why I should be like a Trumpian real estate investor. Because, like, there are people that have suicides and then, like, the home value goes down. Like, that does, like, that's stupid. Like, just because there's a double suicide, there's not going to be any ghosts. Like, I'm not going to have a fucking suicide just because of that. Like, if, you know, like, they need some, like, Zillow, that stupid app where you can look at home prices. They need new new buttons on there for, like, double gangbang and, like, you know, Asians tied up for 14 years and be like, look, honey. There's a backyard. It's, it's a, still unaffordable in any possible way. Um, or maybe I can like go troll like guys who are just getting out of jail and be like, yo, uh, uh, if you're going to rape again, would you mind raping in that house? Um, it's kind of a nice house and it's way, way unaffordable. I'll give you uh, five packs of cigarettes. Um, that is all I had for cheery jokes tonight. Thank you. David Klein! Woo! I have things to say too. John Gallagher starting it out. Um, I was thinking about if you, uh, I don't know why, but I'm thinking for some reason you could maybe combine the two jokes about stripping people from of, of like Oscars for bad movies and then combine it to the teaching joke about the multi-ethnic teacher like liberating his sex offender students. I don't know why. I think that'd be like an interesting callback if you bring that up and then we're like, and that's when we take away Rosario Dawson's award or whatever, like oh for teaching the inner city Rosario students. Dawson. Yeah, it's like I don't know, just like kind of like I'm just I pictured like a dangerous mind steps. I don't know how I was trying to think of specific ways, but it's like if you made that maybe implement as a callback, that might work. But I don't know. And then also making fun of Game of Thrones. Yeah, like uh, just in general, I mean, you can just give bad examples. But also Martin in particular said he's like he didn't want to focus on the interesting parts of fantasy when he wrote Game of Thrones because his entire questions were about like worrying about how he, the king's taxes peasants after big battles and shit. He focuses on minutia. Uh, that's, I like the like they like tax law. Or, yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I thought that birds and the bees thing was great and totally ripe for something you could really develop. And I would maybe just Google search birds like some kind of strange bird that has horrible things happen to it. And maybe just set the setup would be I don't think they thought it through when they used that analogy. And then you go into all that fucking thing was great. Yeah. That was great. Uh, yeah, uh, about the birds and the bees thing, I think you should apply that to your first sexual encounter and be like, wait, where's the other guy's dick that I'm supposed to rip out or something? Yeah. Like, I don't that's, know. It's just funny. like some weird, like, because it, it gets weird. And, but uh, Birds never make an appearance in that I was looking for the bird to yeah, come so out. I have the bird part everybody. finished. So the bird part, oh, sorry, the bird, I have the bird part, it's done. And it's, but I've never been able to figure out the bee part, so now I'm... Right. I, I had stuff on this too, um, the bee thing. Uh, the evisceration of the bee thing, uh, I feel like it sounds a lot like Tinder. Like, I feel uh, like yeah. you should you should equate that once you talk about, like, a Swipe bee sticks it into the queen and he eviscerates himself, and another bee sticks it in, and it just reminds me of my whole dating on Tinder. And then I felt like you could go back to the bee thing uh, when you're talking about, like, the trolling later, and you're like, and then I trolled these bee sites. Mm -hmm. I felt like you could link those together, like, that the 
the bee evisceration, bring it into the internet and then keep going around and then bring the bees back into the internet. Cause it is kind of like a weird, disgusting thing about like, yeah. It's getting your dick ripped off. <laughs> getting your dick ripped off. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a funny concept that the most offensive part of game of Thrones to you is the incessant feasts. Yeah, you're way like more too than too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah where everyone else too. is like, it's disgusting. There's violence and sexual violence, and you're like, food, too much, yeah. too much of it. No, thank you. No one eats that much. It's gross. Uh, I think there's there's room for that. Um, maybe you could frame it in some kind of imaginary argument again with somebody who's you know, oh, the rape scenes is that the worst part? And you're like, no, the chicken, it's too much. <laughs> what the no get that mutton that leg? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, food porn. It's, a, it's an epidemic. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you. David Klein, everyone. Yay! <laughs> David Klein. I was going to do a new jerk, but now I'm not. I'll just go to residence and do it. I don't have to, I don't have to run it before it's been in my head. It's fine. I don't want to go up on stage. I just have a new joke. It goes into my cat set. I'm going to, for 2017, my, my New Year's resolution is to do, have 25 solid minutes on cats. Like at the end of the year, I just want to have a Comedy Central special called Crazy Cat Lady. And it's all, not that it's ever going to be on Comedy Central, but just I want to have 25 solid minutes on cats. So I'm working on it. I've already started. It's about having threesome with my cat. It's not, it's not my volition. He does it on its own. And um, he likes to, he, well, I think he's grooming. I mean, he gets in between our legs, and the other day he was licking my boyfriend's balls, but thank God he doesn't shave because that, that tongue on the balls, it would have hurt, but he was really just grooming the hair. We're a non-shaving family. All right, everybody, this has been Joke Workshop. I've been your host, Pam Benjamin. Join us every Monday from 6 to 8. Also, join us on Fridays from 6 to 8 for Happy Hour and also Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. It's a $5 showcase. You get a free pot treat, except for this week, because I'm out of town. I am in Newark, New Jersey, so Alyssa Westerland will be running the show, and I don't think you get free pot. Sorry. Uh, but come by anyways this Friday. Also, there's still time to apply for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2017, March 1st through 5th. It's only $10 to apply with the late fee up until December 16th, so go do that. And if any of you want to buy my pot treats, they're two for five. Have a good night. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse 
every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pam Dastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pam Tastics deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars—I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. 
Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Um, oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy, and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m., but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, you got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? 
Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Every happy hour, Mike, Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Hey, this is Mutiny Radio.fm. You're listening to Flat Black Plastic Show. Enjoy. Thank you. 